Hello and welcome to another episode of my dream, the woman I want to be podcast. I am your host, Linda Ochoada, a product and tech evangelist with a background in geoinformatics. My name is Marcy Tyra Murengo and I'm a 15 times award-winning multimedia journalist. I'm accredited by the Media Council of Kenya with over 10 years experience in broadcast media. And today I will be your co-host. In today's episode, we welcome our guest, Chiesa Mguti. Thank you for being here, Chiesa. Thank you for the invite. Good evening to both of you. I hope you both had a good day, good start of the week. Chiesa, maybe we should start by knowing you. How was your childhood like? Where did you go to school? How was it? What sort of child were you? Tell us more about yourself. (laughs) Oh gosh, uh, who's going to listen to this? <laughs> um, <laughs> the world. <laughs> so I'm from Zimbabwe. I was born in the second biggest city in Zimbabwe. It's called Wulawayo, and it's in the in the southern part of the country. In my very early years, uh, I had a lot of my aunts and uncles around. Uh, my sister, my brother came a little bit later. We then later on moved to this really incredible house in Bulawayo that was on a hill uh, with two parents who are very, what should I say, high achieving people in their different sectors. So my mother in education and my father is uh, a surgeon. So with parents who were very, very driven and also people with a lot of integrity. I then went to boarding school when I was 12 years old. Initially, I found boarding very stressful because I think I was very scared of being away from home and away from my parents. However, if I think about it and I look back, boarding school was probably the best thing that happened for me because I think I was a very, 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 very sensitive child. Uh, And I think boarding school sort of fast-tracked me learning how to manage that sensitivity in the realm of the real world outside of the comfort of being with my parents all the time. So I went to to high school in Harare. I went to a school called Arundel. Beautiful, beautiful, again, incredible landscape, you know, very, very colonial style in terms of the buildings. It's a very old school. I was a boarder there until I was 15. Then I became a day scholar. And then I went to another school at the other part of my high school called Convent. So this was a school run by Dominican nuns. And actually the nun in charge was German. Oh. Um, so I've, and actually from the time I was a kid, mm. from junior school, there were a lot of German nuns and priests. You I didn't did... have any calling. You didn't feel a calling of being a nun anywhere. <laughs> I can categorically say no. Okay. <laughs> but actually, my grandmother uh, did. She said, oh, I wanted to be a nun. And I was like, really? And then now you have you had six kids. <laughs> so I went to the convent, which is a Dominican school. And then I did another year of high school at another school, um, what we call a mission school in Zimbabwe, to write my A-levels second time. The school was called St. Ignatius. And... This is a mixed school. So this was the first time I went to a school where there were boys. So I think there were about 450 boys and 50 girls. And the girls only came for the last part of high school. And then after that, I moved to uh, the United Kingdom when I was 19 to go to university. So how did you find yourself in Berlin? I was in the UK for 15 years. 
and then thought uh, it would be yeah good to try something a little bit different mm-hmm. I did French at school so I was more comfortable moving to France because my thought was you know at least I can brush up my French and I also thought and at the time had this perception that on the mainland this was probably the most multiracial country obviously outside of the the UK but specifically mainland Europe but at the time when I was applying for jobs France was just not really there were not that many opportunities in terms of the tech space so I kept getting requests for, you know, recruiters in Berlin. And I thought, well, I mean, Germany had never really figured in my mind as a country that I would live in, Mm -hmm. Uh, not because of anything like crazy, but I definitely think that, especially if you come from the English-speaking world, Mm -hmm. it's almost like your roots are set, right? You either go to the UK, Australia, or the US. So for me, for example, there was no one in my friend circle who was in Germany. So for me, it was just not a place that, Uh, that came up but anyway I ended up getting uh, an opportunity and I was offered a role and I just thought to myself there's nothing wrong with with trying it out oh amazing I also learned that you got a new job at Altus as the chief platform product officer you have adjusted and where were you previously um yes so I was previously um a head of product at a digital banking platform called Penta. So that's where I was working prior to my current role at Alteos. And I was working there for two years. So um, leading the product team, scaling up the product team, also scaling our processes because, yeah, you know, you can't build products without like having super robust, amazing processes. So Mm -hmm. it was also about taking those processes to, to the next level. So, you know, the first 14 years of my career, I was working in uh, financial services, I would say. So I worked in payments, mm-hmm. um, FX, I worked in credit ratings, digital banking. So for me, insurance is a whole new ball game, right? So yeah. how does it all work? How's the market structured? Um, how do you do business? You have to understand how you do business, right? Because ultimately, your product is supposed to be making sure that the company is delivering things that make it successful. So we deliver the things that our customers love. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's really about learning about the industry as well as understanding the company where it wants to go. And also most importantly is the people, the people inside the company and also the people that we're serving. So there's a lot of learning and um, exploring with age. Mm-hmm. I've come to realize that you you can never say you've landed somewhere and you know everything. Yeah. So you you kind of have to be okay with the phase that I'm in right now. Um, you just said uh, that you are product lead. You've been leading uh, product teams and in tech. How is it uh, working in tech as a black woman and also in such a leadership position? Any um, challenges, pros, cons that uh, probably you should share with us? Yeah, I think the main thing is that, you know, most likely you'll be the only one who mm. looks like you. Yeah. And that can be really intimidating because, you know, initially you probably are going to be very hyper aware of that. The way that I have managed that feeling over the years is to consistently tell myself that I, you know, I deserve to be there. Uh, I'm there because I've been doing a good job or I've shown that I am very, very capable. Obviously your environment has to do something for you, but you also have to go into that environment with that sense of belonging because the environment will never give you that. The environment will never 
make you feel good mm. about it. Like you have to do that work internally. And I think this is something that I learned that I also have to sit down with myself and say, Chiedza, mm-hmm. you have this imposter syndrome, but your environment cannot fix that 100%. You are responsible for that yourself. Mm-hmm. So what are the things that you can do? And of course, you know, from an organizational perspective, you know, I'm very, very, obviously I'm very motivated that teams are diverse and inclusive, you know, not just to say like, oh yeah, I want everybody to look like me, but it's mm-hmm. just like making sure that we're, you know, being very open. We can have like people from different places because the best products are built by teams that have very diverse backgrounds and very different ways uh, of looking at things so it's there's so many different intersections right it's like there's gender there's race there's also religion there's you know all sorts of things so and I think that you know what's really helped me as well is having other black women who are in leadership positions really giving me tons of advice and also tons of encouragement just every so often just being like, we're rooting for you. We've got your back. One thing that I did at some point in my career, this is going to sound really like not a big deal, but yeah. my middle name is Janet. So oh, when I started okay. working, <laughs> when I started working, I used to just go by CJ because I didn't, I felt that, oh, cheers, it's going to be like really difficult and people will be uncomfortable trying to say it. And then I'm going to have to like, teach people then they're going to butcher my name and it's going to be mm-hmm. really awkward and I'm just being really like I'm being too demanding and then after quite a while CJ is a nickname my sister gave me so for mm-hmm. me in like family and very close friends that I've known for a very long time some of them still call me CJ which is which is okay because it's yeah. kind of rooted in close friendship and family and then I decided one day uh, mm-hmm. and this actually came at the same time as changing my hairstyle. I was having like weaves and then I changed to braids. Um, uh-huh. And then I was like, you know what? Chiedza is such a lovely name. It's such a beautiful name. Um, you Chiedza know, when I means... heard of Chiedza, I thought you were a Nigerian. It sounds much more of Nigerian than Zimbabwe. Really? Oh, it's yes. a very old, it's a very old Zimbabwean name. It means um, the light of God. So yeah. I was like, I want to be known as Chiedza because that's my name. And I don't really want to be known as CJ. So then at one point I had to say to everyone in the company, like, hey, I don't want to be called CJ anymore. I want to be called Chiedza. And I was very fascinated by some people's reactions. Some people are like, oh, but Chiedza is really hard to say. And then some mm-hmm. people were like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, of course I will. Uh, I'll say your name and, and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So I think that was also quite a big step for me in terms of, you know, when we talk about being a black woman, it's also just like, my identity is very, very important. And my name is a really big part of that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the more I've embraced myself and the more authentic I've become in terms of the hair, now I have like faux locks with like beads and shells. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very, very expressive. Mm -hmm. And the more that I've just sort of expressed myself and been real and authentic is success. Like I've been more successful. So I spend less energy trying to manage my image and I can put that energy into doing a great job. So how do you balance your hearts? I mean, you're a product leader, you're a speaker, you're a coach, you're a mentor, <laughs> and I, I believe you have a family. So how, how do you balance all this chairs back? <laughs> um, so I'm, I don't have like, a family isn't like parents, siblings, so I don't have like, a, like my own family, like I don't have kids yet. They're coming later. I think now I've become way better at managing my energy and my time. 
So I definitely went through a phase where I wanted to be everywhere doing everything. And I would be so, so tired and really, really exhausted. And I was having this cycle where every six weeks I was just so worn out or I'd catch a cold. And then I realized that I am the one who has, I think this is for this whole theme in my life where it's like, after a while, I realized like, oh, that's my job. It's not the external forces job, right? It's not all these people asking me for stuff who have to manage whether I do it or not. So I have to manage my own time. I have to manage my own boundaries. And then I also have to get comfortable with saying no to certain things because I don't have the energy. I don't have the space or I just don't have the time. This is something that I find really difficult because I'm, uh, I'm a people pleaser in recovery. So telling people that I can't do something is still really difficult for me. However, I also have to make sure that I am looking after myself so that I can actually do the things that I really, really want to do. So rather than spreading myself super thin, I started to, I've got a diary, like a physical diary. And then any appointments, I also sync them with my own calendar in my phone so that I can see, because before I was very haphazard. I would just be like, yeah, of course, no problem. And then after a while, you know, you find two things are clashing. <laughs> then you're just mm-hmm. like, oh God. And that's even worse. Sometimes you regret telling. why you did that. Exactly, exactly. And then in the end, you think it's probably even better if I just told the person I can't make it rather than now going back saying, oh, remember that thing I said yes to? Actually, I can't do that. I think now I'm, I'm much better at taking, like more being more responsible for my time. So what advice would you yes. give to women and girls who are listening to you or looking at you as their role model? Uh, first of all, I would say that don't be shy of going to meetups, uh, listening to tons of podcasts, and mm. then, you know, even connecting with people on LinkedIn. And then if I yeah. start following the two of you, I start to see the things that you're doing, which actually might be something that I'm interested in. The people who you think are quite distant, they could really unlock opportunities. So it's really about being very, very intentional about those relationships and trying Mm to nurture them and it's not necessarily just about what can I get from that person but also Mm -hmm. really seeing that you also have a lot to give that's what I would say is is just be authentic just be yourself you're so beautiful the way you are and you are the way you are the way you are for a very good reason and Mm -hmm. we need you thanks for such an uh, an inspiring story and an amazing insight ladies and gentlemen you have been listening to my dream the woman I want to be podcast Do not forget to follow and like us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Till next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.